I still don't get why you think this is funny. <laughs> it just starts off kind of cheesy at first. And yeah, then it, it does. Kicks it off. There we go. That's yeah. what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> you know me. I wouldn't pick something like horrible. <laughs> Maybe I would. You might just. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to our new series, Biblical Application into Adolescent Drama. Who do we got in the room today? Hey, it's Susan. <laughs> hey, uh, and I'm John. I'm excited to be here. We also have a new logo, and I was very surprised when I asked Jess, our communications coordinator. She threw my face on the logo. It's amazing. John would have never picked it, but I begged him. Yeah. It's so Everybody awesome. who saw it ahead of time, I'm like, you have to do that. But uh, that has nothing, it kind of has something to do with today, but not really. But we're talking yeah, about we make it. yeah we're talking about the internet today two realities one life you know the internet it affects us all do you spend any time on the internet Susan constant <laughs> yes yes just constantly <laughs> yeah um, would you say you spend more time on the internet than you do in real life I would never want to admit that but. Um... It's a significant portion. And I only know that because of when Apple products, I guess a year ago, put that time limit on your stuff. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even the time limit. I think it just tells you. It's like your weekly report. And I remember one time showing Kent my weekly report of just all my activity, whether that's texting. I mean, I don't really talk on the phone very much. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would be texting, social media, internet. And I remember thinking, that's as much as a full-time job. Like, the hours that were logged. It was shocking to yeah. me. It was horrifying, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think now I have put a setting so it, like, it'll <laughs> shut off the my, like, tech, not my texting. It'll shut off all my social media, Pinterest, that kind of stuff after an hour. And the thing that makes me laugh about the Apple products is it says, would you like 15 more minutes or just delete this for the day? And I always push delete it for the day. I might as well just take it off because yeah. like, I definitely use it for more than an hour every day. Yeah. Susan, I want to know what does your Google history tell you right now? <laughs> Actually, that's so funny that you said that because I was embarrassed looking through it the other day. It's so random. It's like I will. I, okay. Last night I was looking up the Enneagram, if anyone's familiar Um, I am pretty convinced I'm a two, but then I got a little worried I was a six. And so I was researching the Enneagram six. And then that sent me into like a real dark, you know, spiral of looking of all kinds of personality tests. And then, um, and then I was looking at things for Luke's birthday and then looking up hot wheel cars, you know, it just, my mind, I mean, I think we'll probably get into this, but it's, so impossible for me to stay on track. It's like I get obsessed with something and then I start thinking about something else. I'm like, oh, I need to look that up. And it's just this weird, my Google history is very interesting because it is all over the all over the map. I, I genuinely just want to know why you came up as a six on the Enneagram. I didn't. I just started questioning it because someone yeah. asked me if I was a six and I was like, I don't know what am I? I think I'm a two. I mean, that response alone would like... Oh, <laughs> Tell me that you're a two, right? Yeah. I think I'm maybe the most, not maybe not as much as Carrie, but I'm like right back here of like the most two person. If y'all know anything about the Enneagram, I am a very, I'm a two through and through, but 
then I was like, am I a six? And then I won't know what to do with myself if I am. Like, I was feeling very. My whole life is shattered because I'm a whole <laughs> it new It felt number. that way. It yeah. really did feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you have to worry about that if you're concerned about being a six or anything <laughs> other than two. So. What about uh, you? Um, I was just talking about this last night. Uh, I have just a huge list of Google searches about how to make a bat box. <laughs> like for a bat? Like is like that a actually... bat, like an animal bat, Why? like a, a rat with wings. Ugh. Well, as you know, on Sunday night, we had a ton of mosquitoes, right, oh, yeah. in the backyard. And that's due to a lot of different things. But um, I was looking at ways to get rid of mosquitoes outside of like, you know, just burning the backyard and smoke, <laughs> like getting rid of them. And they're like... Don't don't bomb it. That's not good. It's not healthy for a lot of reasons. Oh, you the bat box is because you want the bat. Yeah, the bats are going to eat the mosquitoes. They say it's like the most effective and healthy way to do it. So you build a bat box. <laughs> you look so crazy right now. <laughs> You're like really into this. Bat. I'm really into this. Um, you you build a bat box away from the house, like not on the house. So you do it like in the back corner, and and then at like. As the sun is setting, and a little bit after, the bats come out. What? This is real. I know. I've done the research. You really researched this. The bats come out, and they eat all the mosquitoes, and then you're good to go. How many hours did you spend on that? Not not much. It doesn't take me long <laughs> to do that time of research. It's just like I just pop on one link to the next, and then it's on to the next thing. So. What if you have, like, too many bats? Is that a thing? No. Okay. Like, you ever been in a cave before? Yeah. Yeah. There's like thousands of bats in there. Like Yeah, when, but people don't live there anyways. I'm but you walk through there. <laughs> well, you're not gonna have too many bats. <laughs> and they're not gonna be my pets. They're just gonna be like off in the distance, like having birds. The birds in my killers. backyard are not my birds. They just That's live true. there. Okay. And they're not really a nuisance. Uh, bats just have diseases just like birds do. Mm. And the deer that come up, they also have diseases. And those goats that we had. <laughs> A lot going on in that backyard. Yeah, we we have like a, a whole barnyard. Yeah, it's a whole barnyard back there. Um, we used to have a fox, but sadly, no longer. <laughs> Anyways, I I ask all this, so um, we're going to talk about the internet, and the internet is fascinating and has like rampantly like run through our society and changed how we function in general. Mm. So we're talking about two realities, one life, which is the the reality that we live simultaneously in a virtual world which is in our pocket most of the time. And we live in the real world, uh, the God-created world, um, the tangible, material, real existence world, simultaneously, and both combined create one life for us. And we have found that it has created a lot of drama among people, but particularly with teens. So, Susan, let me ask you, have you ever been distracted by the fact that you have the internet in your pocket at all times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How so? Yeah. I think one of the things that is so hard because it is so addictive. And for me, I know we're talking specifically about the internet, but um, social media is so interesting because I'm 36 and really should be able to control myself and probably don't need to look at Facebook that bad. But it is so interesting. Or at all. Or at all. Facebook. <laughs> it's John thinks it's, I, don't I mean, like it's Facebook. only old people. Yeah. But. I legitimately had a kid ask, what is Facebook? I know. I have someone 
I had someone ask me that yeah. too, and it kind of embarrassed me. <laughs> like they're the father of Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I notice it especially on long days, like if my kids are sick or if we're like stuck at home, I realize how much I will rely on it for some kind of connection. I couldn't tell you that in the moment, but recently I was at home because um, Luke and I were there. Luke's my son. And at some point, Instagram put in this really great feature where it says, you're all caught up. You've looked at everything. You know, and that might be like five stories. And at some point it was frustrating to me because I'm like, <laughs> like, I need something else to look at. Like I've looked at it so many times this morning. It's like 930 and there's nothing else to look at. And I, I don't actually sit around and Google things all the time. I'm much more addicted to things like Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, things like that. But I realize how I have a hard time motivating myself to do things. Like if I, I would always rather be with people. So if I'm at home, I'm like, ooh, I need to accomplish a task, whether that's like putting up dishes or like something related to work or something you could truly knock out in 10 minutes. I'm going to sit down and look at Instagram and like waste 20, 30 minutes because it flies. And so I would say that's the hardest thing. It's like a time warp. That's the thing that always freaks me out because I'm like, how did I just lose half my morning to nothingness? That And probably stuff I've already seen or stuff about people I actually don't really know. Like the algorithm on my Facebook, the people that I know the most about are people I know the least in real life. Like they're random people maybe from college that I knew a long time ago. I I don't I don't love social media. I'm pretty outspoken about that. Uh, I have I use the student ministries Instagram and that's it. To uh, post. Yeah, you don't post. do anything but post. Yeah. yeah. And when I actually get on to Instagram for the student ministry. We follow all these people. I have no idea who they are. And I've become like, not, a, not obsessed, definitely not obsessed, but like interested to be like, I feel like I know this person and I've literally never met them because we followed them like 10 years ago right. and I wasn't here 10 years ago. And, and so it's just fascinating how I can still get drawn into their life, which is like one of the redeeming things about the internet and about social media is you can know somebody without physically having to be with someone. Now, there's a lot of good things to that, and there's always a lot of bad things to that. So um, we want to be careful about it. But I I spend my time on the Internet just, you know, doing bat box research. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about it is when you need an answer for something, you can get it or at least some sort of answer. It may not be the right answer, but you'll get some sort of answer. And that's where I go, like, on my, my rabbit trail, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this comedian Aziz Ansari, right? You know who he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he he talks about this a little bit about how we can get just sucked into the internet and you'll be watching a movie or something and you're like, ooh, I like this movie. Who's starring in this movie? <laughs> IMDb. Gotta yeah. know. IMDb. And then he looks it up and he's like, oh, Joe Pesci is starring in this. I don't know anything about Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Let me learn everything about Joe Pesci. And so he hops on Wikipedia and just learns his whole history. <laughs> he said, three hours later, I've missed the movie, but I know everything about the main actor. Mm. And it's really funny. He's, he talks about how, like, that's amazing about the internet, but also, like, super distracting at the same time. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like I live that same life. Mm-hmm. I can go into, like, this spiral of just, like, or rabbit hole. We did, um, like, a YouTube rabbit hole 
uh, analogy one time. Oh gosh. Yeah. And you yeah. just keep clicking and clicking and clicking. And before Never you know ends. it, like the, the night is gone and it's like 4 a.m. And you're like, I didn't sleep at all because I was watching Bob Ross videos for like six hours. And <laughs> yeah. for those listening, you, you might say, not me. It's coming for you. Bob <laughs> Ross is coming for you. I think that's interesting that you said that because I think that was something that I've seen more in myself as technology has evolved, but something I noticed in students a couple of years ago of almost an inability to sit and watch something mm. because it would make me mad because I might want to show them a movie and I'd be like, I really want you to watch this so we can talk about it or something that I really liked. And they could not watch it without being on their phone 75% of the time. Like it just, that's just how they watch things. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of watching, but I'm also like texting and Snapchatting and checking my Instagram and maybe looking up Joe Pesci information, yeah. you know, like, and I, I've realized that about myself and I, it's kind of funny to say the words. I try to be intentional about watching TV, but I try to be present if I'm doing, you know, it's like, if I'm going to watch this show, I don't need to be looking up a recipe for dinner tomorrow night and making, checking in on a friend. Like, yeah. It's so, I'm seeing how much we live, not even a double life, just like this totally divided mind because it's possible. It's not good and we're not doing it fully, but it is possible to do 20 things at once yeah. poorly, Yeah, <laughs> but you, but you can. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that was some of the research that I found this summer. So I taught a class called on distraction called bored to death and that's that, amazing. Yeah, it was fun. And I read a ton and talked to a lot of different people about, you know, how how our distraction leads us to our own physical and spiritual death. And it all starts with boredom. And our boredom leads us to distracting ourselves from from boredom. And that eventually distracts us enough from the goals and realities that God has in store for us. And so I, I taught a whole class on it and I had to do a bunch of research. But a, a few things that I found is that our attention span has gotten to the point to where we cannot concentrate for more than three to five minutes at a time. Part of that is due to our growth and the ability to skim, like skim readings and to skim for what's important and like weeding out the fluff and stuff. So we're, you know, we're like 15 minutes in this podcast. Your mind has probably wandered down to other things at least three times is what that is saying, you know, our inability to focus that long. And then the other big thing, there was a lot of big things, but one of the other big things is we have lost, like entirely lost the ability to single task. Hmm. Um, we are in, and the, the scary part was we don't function well as multitaskers, but at the same time, we no longer know how to do one task at a time. Hmm. Uh, so interesting. Yeah. It's, it was a little scary to, to hear that. And then, you know, it spirals into the the fact that we drive distracted all the time. Um, and distraction is not just on your phone, but, you know, messing with the radio or messing um, or trying to text somebody or have a conversation with somebody at the same time while you're trying to drive. And that led to a scary statistic about, you know, 75% um, of people drive distracted and driving distracted is equivalent to driving drunk. Uh, and that was what they, they came up with. And it's really scary. And that's changed my whole mentality when I'm out there on the road and being like, I have to like 
deal with the fact that most people out here are driving distracted, including myself sometimes, you know, um, and being uh, aware of what's happening. And that, that was one of the biggest things they said to overcome distraction is becoming aware of what you're distracted on. So navigating the internet is one of those things, uh, that we, you know, do our Joe Pesci research and we get distracted and fall into this pit and spiral. Uh, but what, how this relates to teenagers is, and, and it's different for adults is teenagers don't know any different between the two, two worlds. They have grown up with the internet their whole lives. And we've lived a part of our life where it didn't exist and we can see the difference between the two. And so we talk about two realities that there's this virtual reality um, and then there's this real world experience. Um, and a teenager today cannot differentiate between the two of them. Um, and, and as I think about like what the internet is and what it does, um, in, in some sense, it's um, us bearing the image of God by creating in the same way that God created. We've created this world to which we control and, um, and can enter in and to, to grow in knowledge and grow in learning and access people across the world and connect with them. There's some really redeeming things about it, but we created that world in our own sinfulness. So we created a, a world as sinners. And so naturally speaking, the internet is going to be full of sinfulness just as much as this world is. So it's not, it shouldn't be an escape or anything like that. Um, so there's a lot of bad stuff that happens on the internet. And as a result of the internet, just as much it does here. Um, but God, when he created the heavens and the earth, um, you know, in Genesis and on the eighth day, he didn't create the internet. So that, okay. so we have to, we have to differentiate because of that. Um, and where we can enter into teenagers lives about this is saying, there's a difference between the two things. Um, there's a difference between your virtual world and your real world. Um, and so if you're living inconsistently between the two, that should tell you something about yourself. Mm -hmm. And what we have found is that most teenagers are living differently in their, in their, in their virtual world versus their real world, but they're letting their virtual world problems affect their real world life. So they'll take something that happened on the internet and apply it to their real life. Mm -hmm. So as you can tell that that can create a lot of issues in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I don't know, Susan, if you've seen anything as you've been walking with students and just saying, these people have issues, not because of something that happened in the classroom, but they have physical issues between one another yeah. um, because of what happened over a text message. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm interested to hear what you think just because I do wonder if it's different and how it's different between boys and girls. Um, because I would say for sure anxiety is like the number one thing that I see that that affects the most. Um, girls are brave on the internet um, and they're mean. <laughs> and it feels like there's not really a consequence if you say it or make a video or, you know, TikTok is a place that um, I've had a few students over the past have really hurtful things done or said about them on that and um, just create massive anxiety. And it's, I, I love that we're doing this for parents because I recently, just last week, and I knew this podcast was coming up and I was like, I just want to say this too. 
my friend who struggles with migraines and I was just asking her about it. I was like, what are you doing for it? What do you think about it? And she said that her doctor linked most of her migraines to how much she was on her phone. And when she was using social media, she was like, it's not a, it's not necessarily a, I feel like I'm missing out. It's just, it becomes so stressful to be aware of what everyone's doing that is literally giving me migraines and it is raising my anxiety and it is physically affecting me. She has words to put to that. And I was telling her a little bit about just how heartbreaking it can be for me with students because they don't necessarily have all the tools to say like, oh, this person is nice to me in person, but behind my back or behind a phone, they'll say something really mean or ask me a really mean question. And they don't have the ability at this far in their growth to decipher or like differentiate of what is true and what is right. And um, it becomes so confusing that then you can't help but be anxious. And I I remember in a podcast that we did, well, you did it with um, Molly Fitzy, just the fact that students ever, they don't ever get to close the door at school. It's like school follows them home and is in their room with them and is like tucking them in bed at night. And that I think that alone, even if it's like a good thing, talking yeah. to your best friend nonstop on a text message thread till midnight, that's anxiety producing. They've got other things to do and they can't focus on anything. So I would say anxiety would be like the number one thing that I would see. Do you think that's different with guys or like maybe that's the same result, but what it, what is it stemming from? No, I guys, it manifests differently, but you know, anxiety and depression and all that type of stuff is completely related um, to the inability to focus on one part of their life. And so they're always thinking, I need to respond to the text message that just buzzed off in my pocket uh, while trying to have a conversation with somebody. And so much pressure. Yeah. And it's really funny when we were doing middle school ministry last year and we're doing high school ministry this year is uh, this is what I love about middle schoolers is they won't try to hide it. They're, they're going <laughs> to yeah. try to do both at the same time. Yeah. And so they're going to do They're going to do it right in your face. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's great. And not apologize. They're not going to apologize. <laughs> and, and that's a way we can enter in and yeah. go, hey, that's not appropriate. And that's <laughs> half of our job is helping them find social cues of what's appropriate and what's not. <laughs> Uh, and they, they'll just do it. You know, a high schooler, uh, they will learn that, okay, I need to wait until they can't wait any longer. And then they, they pull out their phone. It was really funny when I started throwing out statistics in the class I was teaching. And I, I did, I said something that was like super convicting in the sense of we are incapable of, uh, not pulling out our phone every so many seconds and that type of stuff. It, it was some statistic that I don't remember off the top of my head, but I looked out onto the crowd and this was probably 150 students. And I look out and I could see every one of them anxiously squirming in their seat, trying to resist <laughs> the fact that they just needed to check their phone. <laughs> and it was it, what I did. I intentionally triggered it because I said something that triggers you to think about your phone in that moment. And you have this obligation to pull it out and look at it, even though nothing happened, no notification happened. You just have this obligation towards this is it. Itch. It's like, you got to yeah. scratch it. Like it's yeah. So horrible. I, like as 
like I can speak from my own experience. It's like when I have too much on my plate, when so much is going on, we have a tendency to just shut down mm -hmm. and we just feel exhausted and depressed and we don't know where to focus. We don't know where to do anything. And so we go from this, you know, ultra connected world um, of living in two realities at the same time. You should be ultra connected, but it becomes so overwhelming is that we stop functioning as social beings mm -hmm. and we just start functioning as robotic and going through the motions and becoming super anxious and feeling very depressed. And that's because, you know, we can't, that's not the way that we're wired. It's not the way that it's, it's meant to be. And for us to be so connected, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we have to think about Jesus when he came, you know, a, as a human, he came and physically spent time with people. Mm -hmm. um, and he was actually perturbed anytime he was disrupted from his plan. <laughs> you know, he would, you could see that in scripture where he'd be like, why are you taking me from my plan? You know, I'm, I'm headed this way. Um, okay, let me turn, let me take a break from that and turn my focus to you. Um, if this is so needed for you, I will do that. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is a great model and somebody who, you know, well, he's a great model. You know, he, he, he lived the, he lived the life, he lived the intentional life that God had for us, you know, the human standard. And, you know, he, he also creates the standard of what it means to a single task. You know, mm -hmm. have, and that was the whole point of my class is he is the one person who never got distracted from God's plan. Mm. And so we always need to be looking to Christ uh, and as an example for us to say, what does it mean to actually follow the Father mm. and to look and follow? And he said, you know, when Jesus died, he said, it is finished. I completed this life without getting distracted one single time. Yeah. And we can name at like every moment of every day we're like, I was distracted there. I was distracted there. This deviated from the plan. Um, this is not the way that it was supposed to be. Um, small things, big things, whatever. And that's why we need Jesus. You know, we shouldn't try to, you know, be Jesus in that sense, but we should, it should hyper make us hyper aware of the fact that we need him in that because we're incapable of doing it. But it should also show like how awesome Christ is and the fact that he was able to do all that without ever getting distracted. Mm. Um, and so that's where like we can step into the, these teenagers lives like you just need to slow down. It's why we do retreats. You just need to slow down and pull away and pull back and be OK. It's it's going to feel hard for you to pull back from the Internet. It's going to feel hard for you to pull back from your virtual reality, um, even just for a day or even just an hour. Mm -hmm. um, I know. Westminster has put in new policies, cell phone policies, and you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and, um, but I love hearing students respond to it. And have you heard no, what they I mean, say? So it's a pretty strong policy of like no cell phones in school. For both levels, like both levels. And it, the students will respond, well, the school's going downhill. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know, um, <laughs> I wouldn't go at that level. The school's going downhill because <laughs> so you can't have your cell phone. Right. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Uh, spend time with the people that you're with. You know, you can go so many hours and most of society live without cell phones and being on hyper connected. But we've, we've, it's the way that we've wired ourselves over the years. And I, I say teenagers, but adults deal with this mm -hmm. just oh, as much totally. in a different way. And, but it's, the, one of the many reasons anxiety and depression is so high is because you're trying to live two lives simultaneously. 
And we, we know for a fact that that is not healthy. And scripture can, can lead us to a lot of that. Um, if you think about Jesus and the young rich ruler who, who puts this, you know, confronts Jesus and saying, hey, I've, I've abided by the law. I've done everything right. Um, what else can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus turns around and he says, just give away all your money. Easy. Yeah. Just give away all your money. That's it. And then follow me. And the, at the end of that, he said, they say, you know, he turned away really sad because he was a very wealthy man. And it wasn't the fact that having a lot of wealth or a lot of money is bad, but he knew that Jesus knew that in this man's heart, he struggled with the fact of worshiping money and wealth over worshiping God. And so he was just checking the boxes of being a, you know, an obedient God follower and abider. But in, at the root of his heart, he was doing that so that he could keep his status and keep his wealth. And so Jesus says, all right, let's test your heart on this. Are you willing to give that up? Like, are you willing to give up everything that you've put your life towards to follow me? And that, that was like a huge heart issue. And that, that goes on into, you know, Matthew, I think it's Matthew six, where he, um, you can't worth worship both God and money. And it's the same concept It's the same issue is like, you can't, you cannot have two gods. You cannot follow two things. And I read that in, in some loose sense, you cannot live in two worlds. Well, like you cannot do it. It's not the way we're wired. It's not the way that's supposed to be. Um, we, we have to make a choice. And so what I tell students, again, the, the internet is awesome. I love the internet. I love how social media can connect people on a whole new level. But when you're in one space, be in one space. Don't try to do both at the same time. So when the middle schooler is sitting there texting and talking to me at the same time, I'm like, who you want to connect to, me or them? You're physically with me. And I always say, whoever you're personally with, like physically with, they're the priority. You know, God gave us a body for a reason. And so give the priority. But if you're by yourself and you're sitting alone and you're wanting to connect, it's awesome. You can just text somebody, but in hopes that you're one day going to physically, you know, meet up with them and see them and connect with them in a real way. Um, so that part is awesome, but and that, that's, what's hard. Cause it's nuanced. Cause that's like a good thing. Like yeah. being able to connect anytime on paper is a good thing, but yeah. like the reality of it to like, to what you're saying, it just deteriorates as yeah. like it's, as we look at it deeper. It's like, it actually becomes not a helpful thing at all Yeah, because it takes the place of physically being with people or actually really being connecting to anyone Yeah, because you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the huge thing about single tasking versus multitasking. Mm -hmm. We need to single task in order to be very effective leaders and workers and, and whatever. As somebody always says, do you, uh, when you're on the internet, do you have multiple tabs open or do you finish what you're doing and then open up like a new page uh, and you close down the previous one? No way. What do you do? <laughs> oh, multiple tabs. Get those going. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think that's awesome. But at the same time, somebody was like, why would that be bad? I'm like, imagine having a hundred open tabs at the same time. What's going to happen to your computer? It's going to shut down. It's going to overheat. It's trying to do too much at one time. And that's a computer. Every time I get sick and I try to work out while I'm trying to get sick, the doctor always tell me, you got to let the system recover before you can start working out again. 
because, you know, our brain and our heart and our body is a system that God gave us. And so the anxiety we have is a way our brain is telling us, you're trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. You're trying to do something that is beyond you. Stop. Like, take a break. Take some rest, you know. That's a really good analogy because it's almost like a fever. Yeah. It's it's your body's way alerting you like something is wrong. Yeah. That's what I tell my athletes, too. It's like, hey. I'm glad you got injured because you're, it's telling me we're either overtraining you, you're running improperly, um, or you're not recovering properly. Like you're not sleeping at night. And so now we can figure out what's wrong and we can start the path of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so injury is horrible and it's not the way it's supposed to be, but it's, te- it's like an indicator. Something hasn't been right for a little while. So let's fix it. I wanted to go back really quickly to something you were saying about just the ministry of Jesus. I was thinking about um, the pace of our phone or our other reality. It's so interesting how that spills into everything of like, mm-hmm. we're so addicted to busyness as well mm-hmm. and, and hurried and um, one thing to the next. That's just kind of how we are, which is it's as you were saying that I was like that's such a weird parallel to even just like the tabs on your computer it's like mm-hmm. this is spilling over more than just oh I have this device I can do a thousand things at once it's like no we're actually trying to do that in reality and just thinking about slowing down is such a value of God mm-hmm. it's such a valued part of the kingdom and and ministry and what Jesus was doing. And I was trying to look for it as we were talking, but I was getting distracted. Yeah. And I thought you might call me out if I got my phone out, but um, (laughs) I was trying to look for it. It's a really, it's like one of my favorite verses that uh, my friend from home pulled out years ago. I'm pretty sure it's in first or second Peter, but um, it talks about the value of a quiet life. And it used to really bother me because I was like, uh, you're not a quiet person. I'm not really wired that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not wired to slow down, but just seeing like these are all foundational in our life with God because think about all the man not mandates, but think of all the um the callings of scripture of like if we don't slow down, we can't even hear God. Let's not even talk about like ministry. Yeah. Like if we're not slowing down, we don't have ears to hear what God even has for us to like nourish us. Yeah. Not even talking about sending us out. Like yeah. just as humans, we just also start to break down. So just thinking through the value of slowing and looking to Christ at that's how he lived. I'm sure his life was busy. Like I yeah. know they were doing a lot because he had a lot um, to accomplish, but the fact that he could take time to go to somebody's house for dinner who was totally unworthy or, spend time talking to the woman at the well or go heal somebody's son who was already dead. Like he took the time and it meant a lot to him. He's physically, we see him weep. We see him be so distressed about these situations because he's slowing down and he's engaging and he's locked in on that person for that moment and translating that into my life of like, Oh, it's so hard to just focus on one thing. And I, for our students as a friend, as a person like just focusing on their friendships or their school or their parents. Like they're, they are juggling so much that they are just as addicted to busyness, which I think is just an outpouring of our our technology, like the pace we live in our technology as well. So. I I can totally relate to that. The, my, my busyness does that same type of stuff for me. And 
That's almost why we function Sunday nights and even D groups in the way that we do is, uh, especially as you transition from middle school to high school, it slows down. You know, we, we like the extra hour with high school because we get to slow the night down and transition when we feel like it's properly time to transition, not like we got to go, 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 go and get this done. We don't want this to be another box to check. We want it to be um, a mini retreat uh, that is, you know, two, three hours long with these students where we can slow down, have a meal, finish it whenever we feel like it, and then we play a game. And if you don't want to play the game, you sit and watch and you just relax and not think about other things. And then we head into worship and time to talk with, you know, people at a leisurely pace of we're not trying to get to an end goal in the conversation. It's, hey, let's enter this conversation. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. But um, that doesn't mean it's over or we have to finish this. This is ongoing. And that's why we meet in midweek so we can pick those back up. Um, or start new ones when we feel like we need to, and just having regular check-ins. We, we're hope our hope is that this is a place of comfort that they can truly retreat. And then on the big levels, we have you know weekends where we take the students and we're like, all right, we're going to really slow down. Mm-hmm. What is it like to have a whole weekend where you've you have nothing to do, and we're going to help facilitate nothingness? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Um, and we pay money for that. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Thanks uh, to do nothing. Like we, we are paid and we ask students to pay to come on this stuff, but us as adults do it as well. We pay tons, thousands of dollars to go on vacation. Why? To do nothing, nothing. <laughs> to recharge for the crazy <laughs> the busyness. That's so nuts. Um, but as, as we were, um, talking or thinking about this topic and thinking about the reality of our busyness and the reality of trying to live in two places at once, you know, the, the Jesus and and the young ruler, and you can't both worship money and God. I think about those things naturally. And we actually brought that to the students. And, uh, as we're kicking off this, would you rather series of, would you rather, you know, seek the life of simple, easy self gratification? It's easy to do that. Or would you rather take the, the road of, suffering and but it leads to eternal life and proper relationship with christ and with god and um and sometimes we'll feel the great joys of that in this life but in a lot of ways we're just anticipating and working towards that and there there's hard things about that so would you rather take the complicated life of pursuing someone personally or the easy way of life of just scrolling through instagram and watching somebody live their own life because it's easier and a lot of times we're all guilty of it. We choose the simple life and we choose the easy life because it's easy. And I think we chase, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're being sold to. Like you need to chase an easy life, a life where you're like pampered or taken care of, you know, like yeah. the things that we value yeah. are not the, not the same things. That- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I naturally thought of, you know, we'll, we'll kind of end on this. I, I naturally thought of Timothy who is a young man, yeah, anywhere from teenager, high school to young adult, college student age. And developmentally, um, I don't know what that actually meant biblically, like what that was exactly required of him at that age. Um, but it de- developmentally in the sense of like their brain, they're still so much the same as like a high schooler today. 
And it's, it's amazing as Paul's writing to Timothy in um, second Timothy three, he said these, it's, it starts off as the godlessness in the last days. Um, and this is chapter three, verse one through nine. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And I want to I want to pause there. I, I read that and I was like, that's the Internet. <laughs> I, I read that as I was preparing for this. And I was like, always learning. My Joe Pesci research slash bat box slash bat box. <laughs> but I never arrive at the knowledge of truth Mm. because anybody can edit the internet and can say whatever they want. You know, if you look at anything like Reddit, Mm -hmm. you just post whatever you want and it's out there. And a lot of people will believe what is said on the internet is true. And that's always the thing. It's like, check your facts. How, you know, the internet is so big. It's vast. It's massive. It's endless. Mm. It's an endless, like, vast of knowledge library of content after content that's just being updated every single second of every single day. And we're never arriving at the truth. There's truth in there, but if you don't have somebody guiding you there, you're not going to arrive at it on your own. Um, and that, that's, what's so tricky. And that's why, you know, when you're at a master's level education, they're not going to take like, Hey, I Googled, um, this commentary (laughs) on this, this, this book, they're not going to accept that as a, a, a valid or usable source for some sort of paper that you're trying to write. Like right. you, you have to do something that's been edited, been screened by somebody who knows this stuff and has to go through the whole process. That's what Paul was telling a young, young man hmm. is where this is signs of the end times. And he was writing that then, you know, thousands of years ago. It was true then, it's true today, of dealing with teenagers. So as Paul is mentoring and discipling Timothy and pastoring him, he's saying, look out for all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's the same true today. So if you, you read 2 Timothy 3, you know, uh, lovers of pre- pleasure rather than lovers of God, having appearance of godliness, you know, the appearance, but not, not letting the power of it sink in. That's just that's crazy. And so many things are just going off my head. Like this is so, so true today. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful and we need to navigate it uh, carefully. I, but if, if I'm to simplify what we're talking about here, teaching our kids to single task is so, so important. Mm-hmm. And in order to single task appropriately and properly is to not set ourselves as that example, because we are incapable as adults. And even as Jesus followers, as adults, we're good examples. We're not the example. Mm-hmm. Um, pointing, pointing our kids, pointing our teenagers to Christ in that and saying, he's the only guy that did not deviate from the plan. And how did he do that? And what, what, what can we learn from that? Mm-hmm. And saying, he says, we're incapable, but come follow me. 
you'll still inherit eternal life by doing that. And that's an amazing thing. And keep, keep up the searches, but do it with filters. Um, do it with somebody. It's, 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 the internet is too scary to navigate alone. Absolutely. So what you're reading out of Timothy about Timothy, I just think again, the power of prayer and the prayer for our children, uh, something that I've started praying for my children is that God's truth would be their truth because truth is such a fluid thing for our children right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think for us to really get on our knees and ask the Lord to help them with these things, like everything yeah. you're just saying, I'm like, this is hard. Yeah. And, um, I feel a little differently about it because our children are so young, but I'm imagining, um, parents of students who are already so deep into this, this is hard to yeah. try to shift. Yeah. And, um, just praying that the Lord really guide us as parents and guide us as youth yeah. leaders to, to navigate this where the gospel and the way that Jesus lives is really beautiful, that that yeah. feels like a rest instead of like, Ugh, I don't want to talk one more second about my phone. You yeah. know, like, I right. know y'all don't like our phones, but like, yeah. no, like this is the truth. Like, yeah. and this is actually good for you. So that was just a reminder for me of how to pray. Um, for my girls in my group and just my own sons of like really asking God that God's truth would be their truth yeah. and that he would protect them. Cause this is hard and it's hard for us. I mean, to pray that for myself too, of putting things down and slowing down is really important. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it's really scary, you know, heading out into unknown waters mm-hmm. and it makes you think about how, what's going to be, the next generation's problem yeah. you know it's it's always there's always going to be something there Absolutely. um but what doesn't change is you know um us walking alongside these kids and just being with them through it all Absolutely. So, so that's our hope all right that's the episode two realities one life biblical application into adolescent drama and if you didn't get the drama there go back and listen again <laughs>